Holy Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for the goodness you have shown to sinners like us. We thank you that despite our iniquities and our thousand faults, you have given us the privilege to be among the living today. We thank you, Lord, for not treating us according to how we deserve or looking at our sins, but in your great love and great mercy, you have deemed it fit to give us good health, protection, guidance, food, shelter, clothing, and life itself. We say may all glory, praise, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Father in heaven, it's our desire that our lives shall be consecrated to your service. We know that of ourselves we cannot do the things that please you. Therefore, we pray, Lord, consecrate us to your service. Grant us of your spirit and cause us to walk in your statutes. As we go through our devotion this morning, may it be spirit and life to us. Put your words in our mouth that we will speak words of blessing to those who will listen also. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, May 10 On the Mount Before God And he said, Go forth, and stand upon the mount before the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 11 This command comes to every one of us who is looking to his discouragements and mourning over his frailties and giving to the world an example of distrust of God, refusing to look and leave. You please the enemy of God and of man by keeping in the cave of darkness where there is not a ray of the light of life. I want to lift up my voice for Jesus and say, Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Go forth from the cave by faith. Look to Jesus, your helper. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Look to your atoning sacrifice lifted up upon the cross, the innocent dying for the guilty. His offering of himself was full and ample. Nothing was wanting. It was indeed a whole and ample atonement that was made. Then why indicate by words and example that Christ has died for you in vain? After the exhibitions of love that was without a parallel, you say by your words of doubt and mournful discouragement, He does not love me. He will not forgive me. My sins are of too hard a character to be cured by the blood of Jesus. The offering is not of sufficient value to pay the debt I owe for the rescue of my soul. If men and women could only see and realize how their unbelief and mournful murmurings exalt Satan and give him honor while they rob Jesus Christ of his glory in the work of saving them wholly and entirely from all sin, let us come out of the cavern of darkness. Let us educate our intellects to discern what Jesus is to us. 
let us train our minds to stand on the mount before God in faith, strong in God, under any and every temptation. In the mount, we shall have correct views of Jesus. Satan will not have power to cast his hellish shadow between our souls and Jesus, eclipse our view of Jesus, falsify him, and encourage our hearts in cruel unbelief of his goodness, his mercy, and his love wherewith he hath loved us. Amen. The title of our devotion is On the Mount Before God. Our key text is 1 Kings 19 verse 11. This chapter of the Bible, 1 Kings 19, talks about the prophet Elijah. After he had succeeded in glorifying God, by God sending fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice which he had offered to him and the prophets of Baal were proven to be false prophets and they were slain and not just that he had just prayed for rain that had not fallen for three and a half years to fall and it did fall after this Elijah got a message that Jezebel said that she swore on her, on her, on her life that she was going to kill Elijah Elijah after hearing this became despondent, fearful, and ran for his life. And he ran to a cave where God told him to come to. He was running away and God said, allowed him to run. And he came to a cave. Hiding in that cave, the Lord met him. I would read now 1 Kings 19, reading from verse 9. It says, And he, that's Elijah, came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he, God, said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. Elijah being in that cave represents the situation for many of us after we sin against God. We run into a cave, hiding, afraid of consequences, afraid especially that God is offended with us and we hide in the cave. And God speaks to us too in that cave and says, Go forth, stand upon the mount before the Lord, as opposed to hiding in a cave. You see, God wants to use this illustration to speak to our hearts today. The general sense that many of us have in Christianity is this feeling of fear towards God. 
we when we fall into sin depend on our feelings just like Adam and Eve when they sinned they were naked and and were now ashamed they saw their nakedness and as God was coming to help them what were they doing they were running away from him why the sense of guilt and shame made them run but you know the story was God coming to condemn them no he was not he was coming to prefer a solution to them because he loved them it's a very difficult thing to live by faith you know many times the Lord has spoken and spoken and spoken to make us understand that he loves us but many of us because of our sins we are blinded we feel the guilt and the shame and it's we are covered as it were with darkness so that our faith cannot pierce through that darkness and see the love of God for sinners Rather, all we see is gloom and doom. We grope in the darkness, walking, not knowing where we are going. We stumble and fall again and again. And that's what sin does to us. It covers us with darkness and keeps us in a cycle. And in that darkness, since there's no no light for us to walk, we fall again into the sin and again into the sin and again, unless we look and live. And the only way we can look and live in that darkness and gloom that sin has encapsulated us in is by faith that's the only way only if we have faith can we pierce through that gloom and see some light the light that flows from jesus christ one second corinthians 4 verse 6 says for god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And it is the face of Jesus Christ that we are to look upon. That's where the light comes from because it gives us hope. How? When you understand that the death of Jesus was for sinners, to lift you out of your sin, 1 John chapter 3, verse 5 says, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. Jesus was manifested. He came to take away your sins. So when you run away from him into the cave, what are you actually doing? You are afraid. You are letting your sins and the gloom and darkness to have the better of you. And in that cave, what happens to you? You remain in your sin. Every minute you keep stumbling in that darkness. You don't come out of your sin. The only way to help yourself is to look and live. Take advantage of the word of God. 1 John chapter 2 verse 1. These things write I unto you, my little children, that ye sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for us only, but for the whole world also. Jesus said he came not to destroy, but to save. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He did not come for the righteous, but he came for sinners. And he said to the woman caught in adultery, when he had asked her, Where are your con- the people who brought you? Has no one condemned you? She said, No. And then Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. You see, God did not send the Son to condemn us, because we are already condemned. He came to save. He has no business in condemnation. 
we condemned ourselves jesus did not condemn us the father did not condemn us we spoiled ourselves we condemned ourselves through sin so why will he come to condemn us further when we're already condemned you see our eyes need to pierce through the gloom when we have sinned against god to understand that jesus and the father is not coming to condemn you you see the darkness that comes to the mind when we sin is so deep that we find it difficult to do what god wants us to do and to take advantage of the promises for god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so when god says go forth and stand upon the mount before the lord that command is coming to those of us who are looking to our discouragements and mourning over our frailties our weaknesses and in doing this when you are mourning but you are not rising up you are giving to the world an example of distrust of god because if you trusted god you trust his word he said that if you confess your sin he will forgive so why are you mourning why not confess and move on but every time you mourn and you are not moving on you are showing the world an example telling them that my god is a wicked god it takes it's so difficult for him to forgive and that's why you see me where i am mourning if it was so easy for god to forgive why are you mourning why haven't you risen up from there and lived a new life and continue instead of remaining in the cave of sin and gloom and mourning and distrust and discouragement and depression why are you still there is it not because you are not trusting god enough to forgive you your sins trust and obey is that what we are told trust him he said if you confess he will forgive obey then confess and then believe that he forgives and move on but when you don't do this you you misrepresent your god you misrepresent him bitterly because you tell the world you know him he's my god and i know the way he behaves he finds it hard to forgive right now he's very angry with me because of what i have done do you think so what do we read in the book of Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgiveth our sins. He knows that we are dust. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins. He will not keep his anger forever. He is merciful. He knows that we are weak. Does God know that we are weak and still is angry with us? When you are penitent, angry with you, of course he can be angry with you if you are not penitent. But if you have realized your sin, what does the Bible tell us? That heaven rejoices for those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's the word of Jesus. So whose words are you listening to when you are mourning and feeling bad for your sins and still thinking that the Lord rejects you? Whose word are you listening to? You are listening to your feelings and you are listening to the devil suggesting things to you. You are not listening to the word of God. We need to learn to live by faith, not by feeling and living by faith means we go against our feeling and believe what the word of god says and take hold of his promises and walk based on that and not based on how we feel so this is how it is for us and we need to pierce through the gloom you see an example of what it shows there's two things i want to mention now you see many of us think that we're living by faith an example is usually shown when you call when people come to church and they're called to handle a program officiate or preach or do one service or the other you hear some people who would say please i can't do it i can't do it give it to someone else and the reason why they are doing that is they feel condemned they feel like 
they are not worthy to handle such a position. But sometimes they handle it. They feel worthy. Now, what's the difference? In their life, they feel like there's a sin. And because of that sin, I'm not worthy to handle any position or to officiate. But if they live a righteous life by their actions, by their actions now, they cannot see the last time. Oh, maybe the last time I sinned was two weeks ago, one month ago. And we will get to the sin issue very soon. They feel comfortable to handle or to officiate. Why so? Do you know that when you do that, you are depending on your righteousness? Why is it that you are able to handle something sometimes and sometimes you are not? When you are looking at your life. Are you supposed to be looking at your life? If you are looking at your life, then you are looking at your righteousness as your qualification for handling positions. If after you have committed a sin, you cannot exercise faith enough to say the Lord has forgiven me and that doesn't stop me from doing what the service that I have been asked to do in church. If you cannot do that, then you are walking by works. You are living by works, salvation by works. Because the one who lives by faith, even when he is keeping God's commandments, he will officiate, he will do the work he is told to do. And when he sins, he will still do it. Why? Because he knows that his qualification for doing that service, for officiating, was never because he was keeping the law of God. His qualification was on the death of Jesus for him. And that's why he can take up the position. That's why he can do that service. He knows that what qualifies him is not because last week I did not commit adultery or I did not do this sin or the other. That's why I can now handle the program. But the one who feels that other way, oh, I can handle it now because I cannot see sin in my life. You are depending on your righteousness. We all are to depend on what Jesus has done for us. Your life may be clean and righteous, but don't think that that's what qualifies you to officiate in the church and to handle programs. And you may have sin in your life. Don't think that that's what disqualifies you. We all are to depend on what was done by Jesus on the cross of Calvary for our sins. Now, am I saying that we should live in sin? No, that's not what I'm saying. Am I saying there's no difference between the righteous and the sinner? No, but both, there's something that we all have that should qualify us. It is not the righteous life. The sinner, the thief on the cross, what qualified him? Penitence repentance has he done any works of righteousness from that day he was on the cross i don't see any righteous thing he had done what was his righteousness his righteousness was believing in jesus that is righteousness his righteousness was in accepting jesus first of all and having a penitent heart a repentant heart that changed and said i want to do right that was his qualification and then depending on jesus as the one who qualifies him who who covers him who forgives him his sins that was his qualification. Will somebody say now that he needs to be given like a month and let us watch his life before he can be of service to God? How about the demoniac of Gadara who Jesus healed, who had legions of demons in him? He wanted to follow Jesus and what did Jesus tell him? Jesus did not say to him, give it some time. After two months, watch yourself. If you live a righteous life, then you can do service for me. Jesus told him right there and then, here is a man who had demons in him because of his bad lifestyle. Right there and then, he had not given any evidence that he was changed. The only thing is he was healed. He was penitent. And there and then, Jesus told him, go and publish in Decapolis the good things the Lord has done for you. And we are told that this man went all around Decapolis 
publishing what Jesus had done for him? Was it because of his righteousness he was able to do that? Or was it because of Jesus qualifying him and forgiving him sins and his penitence? I bet you that man's life was not going to be all rosy and righteous till the day he died. He may have had falls here and there as he was trying to walk with God. But would that disqualify him? No. The penitent heart is what God is looking for. That penitent heart that knows his weakness and knows his errors and frailties and depends on God, pierces through the gloom. That is the one that qualifies. But when you, so-called, feel that you are righteous and that's what qualifies you, you make a huge mistake. And let me explain why. Because many people grade sin in their mind. And I'll tell you, many times people say, oh, I don't want to do this or that. What is the sin that is stopping you from officiating? Most times, it is sexual sin. And maybe some others. Why is it that you can tell a lie and yet you still officiate? And some can engage in other sins which they, I don't know for what reason, they can engage in certain sins and still feel okay to handle church programs. They don't go in a cave. They don't feel discouraged. They don't mourn. And they can still feel comfortable. But there is a particular sin in their mind that they feel like, oh, I have committed this particular one. And that's when they start feeling like, oh, I cannot lift my heads and my hands with, without wrath. I cannot serve God. You see that your problem is you are grading sin. You are grading sin. And are you supposed to do that? All sin will take us to the same place. All sin nailed Jesus to the cross. And it's not in your place to grade sin and feel like it is when I commit this particular sin that darkness has covered me and I will not be able to do this or that and I will hide myself in a cave. But then there are other sins you are committing because the Bible says there is none righteous. So that time you were feeling righteous and able to handle the programs knowing that you have sinned against God. But you were able to still handle the programs. Why? Is it that you were exercising faith for those particular sins that God can forgive them and then there was another one you committed and you feel God cannot forgive you for those ones? You, you have to check what you are doing. Are you really exercising faith? Or do you think the blood of Jesus can, can forgive certain sins and there are others that it cannot cleanse? Rack, you have to come up higher. God can forgive all sins and the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, not some. So no matter what your sin is, were you able to exercise faith when you told a lie and yet you felt and believed that God has accepted you? Then exercise faith on that other sin that makes you think you should hide in a cave. Is it pornography? Is it masturbation? Is it any kind of sexual sin? Because that's what many people feel ashamed of. Is it alcoholism? Is it smoking? Whatever those things are, Keep striving to overcome them. But don't think that because of those things you cannot come out of the cave. Because when you remain in that cave in discouragement and mourning, you find out that you make things more difficult for yourself. You can't overcome. Come out of the cave. Stand on the mount. Don't cherish the thought and say to yourself that God cannot forgive you because you feel like your sin is too great. That's not good for you to do. That same blood that was shed to cleanse you from that other sin which you felt okay with can also cleanse you from the one which you feel is great. Don't say, he does not love me, he will not forgive me, my sins are of too hard a character to be cured by the blood of Jesus. 
the offering is not of sufficient value to pay the debt i owe for the rescue of my soul don't say that because you say that by your actions when you feel that you cannot be forgiven when you hide in the cave come out of that cave micah chapter 7 reading from verse 7 says therefore i will look unto god i will wait for the god of my salvation my god will hear me rejoice not against me O mine enemy when i fall i shall rise when i sit in darkness the lord shall be a light unto me i will bear the indignation of the lord till he plead my cause i will bear the indignation of the lord because i have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me he will bring me forth to the light and i shall behold his righteousness so don't remain in a cave don't remain in a cave come out of that cave believe that the lord can forgive i want to read something now from the book ye shall receive power ye shall receive power i'll be reading page 94 paragraph 3 it says oh that we may have a deeper experience in prayer with confidence we may come to god knowing what it is to have the presence and the power of his holy spirit we may confess our sins and right there while asking know that he pardons our transgressions because he has promised to forgive we must exercise faith and manifest true earnestness and humility we can never do this without the grace of the holy spirit paragraph 4 says we should act our part take christ as our personal savior and standing under the cross of calvary look and live god sets his children apart for himself and as they connect themselves with him they have a power with god and prevail of ourselves we can do nothing but through the grace of his holy spirit life and light are imparted and the soul is filled with longing earnest desire for god for holiness then it is that christ leads us to the throne of grace and clothes us with his righteousness for the lord god of heaven loves us we would be willfully blind and stubborn to doubt that his heart is towards us while jesus our intercessor pleads for us in heaven the holy spirit works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure all heaven is interested in the salvation of the soul then what reason have we to doubt that the lord will and does help us amen my brothers and sisters come out of the cave exercise faith no matter what your sins have been the lord is saying to you come and stand before the lord on the mount come out of the cave of mournfulness and discouragement and despondency and hopelessness and despair god has said i will forgive do what you are supposed to do confess your sin be penitent and once you have done that stop feeling sorrowful come out and move on don't don't remain there because every time you remain there the devil has more advantage over you exercise faith pierce through the gloom of, of darkness that the sin has brought upon you and look unto jesus and live and show people an example of who your god is that he forgives and not only forgives but also gives power for us to live above sin may the lord help us to do all this is there someone who is in this situation right now feeling condemned feeling in despair like elijah and running into a cave hiding from god not wanting to do any service for him 
because you feel you are in your sins. Have you had penitence or do you plan to continue in the sin? If you plan to continue in the sin, then why are you doing that? Stop that. Determine that you will stop. And having been penitent and known, I want to stop this thing. Don't remain in the cave. Come out of the cave. There are those who are not even planning to stop their sin. And of these ones, you cannot even exercise the faith. Because your confession will be false. Your confession will not be accepted. Because you are not repentant. Because you must be repentant. And repentance means, at least in mind, you decide, I want to stop this thing and start to make efforts towards it. That is penitence and repentance. But when you are still planning that tomorrow I will still do this thing, today I will still do it, that's a different case. But to those who are penitent, who know I am not doing this thing intentionally, I want to stop, I'm trying to stop, maybe it's a habit you are struggling with, maybe it's an addiction, or it may not be, maybe you did something some time ago that has kept you quiet and made you hide in a cave and yet you are not doing that thing anymore you are penitent you are sorrowful about it don't remain that way come out of the cave the lord has forgiven you take advantage of the, the of what christ did for you on the cross of calvary take advantage of the blood of jesus and come out of that cave may the lord help us to do all this in jesus name amen let us pray a loving Father in heaven, thank you for the words of encouragement that you've spoken to us today. Lord, I pray for all of us who are here and those who are listening. Many times we pass through this experience of hiding in the cave. All the words that have been spoken here can easily be misconstrued and misunderstood. So I pray, Lord, that those who have listened and who will be listening will be granted the gift of your spirit, that nothing will be taken out of its true context. And all of us shall understand and take advantage of what blessing you have for us in this podcast and the words that has been spoken. The promises you've given to us in your word, assuring us of your forgiving power and your love for us. I pray, Lord, that you will bring it to a clearer view in our minds that those who are presently in despair, you know, mourning, hiding as it were in a cave, will be able to grasp this faith and promise and hope and light and come out of the cave and stand upon the mount. Be with us today, Lord. Help us to be consecrated to your service and live for you. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.